Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, everybody, welcome to a patrons-only edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Become a patron, donate, it's awesome, you get it, thanks everybody. We're going to start by saying, hey, the Patrons Podcast now is sponsored by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. Guys, they have the best hot sauces, Lika. they have the, the best the assortment. Best. It's the best. They have a great assortment of, of knives, handcrafted, that you can get. So go to JLDSharpSauce.com. Use the code uh, SAINTS and get 10% off. Once again, it's JLDSharpSauce.com. They're the best. Use them. We love them. They're a great sponsor. Uh, I, I, I get the regular hot sauce, and also um, they have this uh, sea salt that is oh, infused, so infused with ghost pepper. And so it's got, like, sea salt with a little kick to it. So, I mean, if you it's not, like, overwhelming, but if you like spicy stuff, it, you know, it kind of spices your salt up. It's good. It'll change how you eat popcorn, I swear yep. to God. It'll change your life. So the Saints are playing the Cowboys today. It's Thursday morning. People are getting this podcast. This Cowboy team is interesting. I, I was reading on The Ringer uh, yesterday that Amari Cooper has, like, transformed their passing offense from horrible to, like, mediocre to <laughs> kind of good. good. They're, they're, like, top ten and third down. And like he has really transformed their offense, and people laughed at them and thought the Raiders got the better end of that deal. Like the Cowboys, that's a pretty. It's looking like a pretty good deal. So he's a concern now for me. Like I thought their passing offense pre uh, Amari Amari Cooper was a joke. Now it's kind of like eh, average. Have they played anyone good though? No, that's, that's the thing, right? They played yeah. they played Philly with no corners, Atlanta with no corners, and Washington, which Washington's defense is good. Like the Saints burned them to the ground, but they're still top. They're still top ten. Yeah, I just think. Well, first of all, any receiver that does well against the Philly right now, I mean, whatever, you know, because I mean they're down did, like they're. How did El, How did Odell Beckham not have two hundred yards against them? I mean, you remember that? Remember that year where the Saints like refused to start Stanley Jean Baptiste, even though they were down like the 15th <laughs> corner. Well, that that's where Philly is. Except like whoever their Stanley Jean Baptiste is, they're so injured at corner they're actually playing him. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But uh, no, I, I mean, he's listen. He, he's definitely helped. He, he's a he's a great player, and um, it's I don't know that it's transformed their offense, but. You go go from some games where your primary target was Cole Beasley, you know, and um, you know now with Amari Cooper, I mean, it's, it's also just creating better matchups for some of those other guys. So you know, every offense has to have a number one receiver, and they really didn't until Cooper came. So uh, you know, Lattimore is going to have to cover him, I think, and he's going to have to do a good job. But if Lattimore can hold up, uh. Then I, you know, I still I still like this matchup. I mean, I still think the Cowboys go by Ezekiel Elliott, and if the Saints continue to stop the run like they have, and if they can play, well, listen, he, they're not going to hold the Cowboys 
like they did the Eagles or Falcons, where it's not going to be 26 yards on 16 carries. But, uh, you know, if they can hold him like they held Gurley, you know, if, if Ezekiel Elliott after the game has 78 yards from scrimmage or something like that, um, then I mean, that, that's really, I think, all this defense needs to do to win this game. Well, here's the thing with the Saints' run defense, and people I thought people were arguing about it on Twitter. You know, some people say, oh, it's not that good because the Saints are always ahead, so teams can't run the ball. But if that was true, why is Kansas City and the Rams so fucking terrible at run defense? You know, the Saints' run defense is really good, and I'm convinced. Well, they also, I mean, they also leave the league in yards per carry on first and ten. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a telling stat because regardless of what the score is, I mean, in theory, if you're running on first and ten, like that's, you know, there's something to be said for them stopping the run. If if they're way ahead, let's say by 20 points, you would think they're playing off coverage a little bit, and and that would allow, yard, you know a team to run on them on first and 10 if they wanted to. So the fact that they lead the league in first and 10 yards per carry, that tells me this run defense absolutely is for real. Yeah, and the thing is, you won the Saints. Congratulations, you have second and seven, you know. And yeah. the the thing is with the Saints run defense, as I'm, I'm told, and I was convinced about this, you know, even, you know, a month in, you know, because they, they did it against Cleveland and other teams that wanted to run the Giants who wanted to run the ball. If the Saints decide you're not running the ball, you're not running the ball. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't make yards against the Saints through the air because the Giants kind of did it a little bit uh, in that game. Uh, you know, and Atlanta surely did it the first game. They torched the Saints to the ground, and the Saints have been obviously way better. But the, I, I'm just convinced that if, if the Saints go into the game and they say, they're going to say, look, Zeke Elliott, you're not beating us. Now, maybe Dallas keeps it close. And Zeke Elliott ends up getting 30 carries for 120 or 125 or something like that because it's because it's close and Dallas can keep the, they're able to keep the score down for whatever reason. But I just I just don't see Zeke having a giant game because the Saints their run defense is so good it's not they're not going to allow it. He might have a nice game, but he's not he's not it's not going to be one of these games where he's going to get his and he's going to have 20 carries for a buck seven. It's not happening. Yeah, you know. I, I just think at the end of the day, the Saints just can't turn the football over. You know, it's that simple. You know, the one, I think if you're Dallas, the one thing here is, okay, Armstead's not playing. So uh, can we figure out how to really victimize Bushrod and, and get an advantage there? Um, I have been really pleasantly surprised by how well Bushrod has played at this point. Um, and, and the rest of the line it's just so damn good, Ralph. I mean, even yeah. without Armstead, Pete, and you know, I know the PFF grades are bad or whatever. But I I watched. If you watch, uh, you know, the Baldy breakdowns, he gave about four plays, and uh, where he kind of illustrates and highlights what Andres Pete did pulling in the run game, and then yeah, you know, I, I watched that game over again, just kind of see in general how he was doing. I haven't looked at Pete's grade for PFF for this week, so I'd be curious to see if they still think he sucks or if he had a great grade. But, like, he, he was an animal, dominant. And Unger and Warford are great. Ramchek is an animal. So, like, that offensive line, man, it's just it's so good. I just feel like the Saints can call any play right now. Yeah, and the thing is with the offensive line, you know my theory on offensive line. and it, it, it I guess it doesn't hold for offensive line, just for offensive line. It holds for any sort of position group 
you know, is you can you can you can handle one kind of you can hide like one guy that's maybe struggling or old or whatever on offensive line. Like they can Bushrod, even though he's a tackle, the Saints they have four other dudes that are great, so they can kind of protect him, right? Yeah. It's when you you know if another dude goes down and then it's Bushrod and another dude that they then it starts becoming a problem. But one one sort of sort of weak link, they can sort of hide it, protect him, and, and help him out, and it can be fine. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, what I was seeing from, like, the run run blocking, I mean, you so uh, the thing that's so special about Kamara is that despite the fact that he's a little bit smaller uh, in size, the first guy always misses, you know, and I, that, that that's a really special trait, I think, to have if you're a running back, where, like, the first tackler is just never bringing you down. And so Kamara, you know, he's a guy where, like, if the play's going nowhere and he's about to get hit for a three-yard loss, like, he turns that play into a one-yard run, you know. And so, like, that, that's the thing about Kamara is he, he makes poor blocking look average, you know, or whatever. But um, some of these holes he was running through, Ralph, I'm telling you, like, you could get a three-yard run out of it. <laughs> and so, like, when you give Kamara, like, basically you gift him a four-yard run, and, like, he's turning that into eight or nine, of course, because it's blocked so well. But but I guess that's my point. Is like I, I'm looking at some of these blocks and how they're set up when Kamara hits the hole, and I'm like, man, any running back in the NFL, any single back, like pick any back on any team, and he's getting five yards on his carry. Yeah. I mean, even Gillisley was falling forward for three yards, and he was petrified that Sean Payton was going to murder him. If he yeah, fumbled. yeah. I mean, he he was like hopping with two feet and hold, with both hands on the ball the whole time. <laughs> no, Bill Barnwell does a thing every now and then where he'll show a hole and he'll he'll whatever running back is running through it and he'll multiply that that hole. So he'll say like six Camaros could have got through that hole, you know. And that's yeah. the thing with the Saints. I mean, the thing is with this defense, and you mentioned it on the podcast the the podcast on on Sunday night that people should listen to. It's free, of course, but. Uh, uh, Alex Okafor is like coming around. Like I, I felt like he wouldn't be himself until like December, maybe late in the year, maybe never which is, back. But, which, which is when he gets hurt. Yeah, but yeah. like I mean, he get right about the time he got hurt. <laughs> he to get hurt, but unfortunately, like maybe maybe it's just the same year and they get like the one magical year out of Okafor. But that dude, like I watch him against the run, like 
even though he's not necessarily the biggest guy, like he just he sets that edge and it's set and you're like you're not getting to the corner. Like he's just an amazing he was just an amazing find and you were pumped last year when they signed him and he's been a guy like he's so he's so good. I think he's an underrated key to this run defense. No doubt. Yeah, and I think he's gotten better every week. You know, I think, you know, coming back from injury like mm-hmm. that, I think it's just taken him some time. But, you know, I think earlier in the season and, you know, the first couple of weeks, you know, we just kind of felt like, you yeah. know, now remember he got hurt too. I think he had an ankle injury. In, in the pre-season. preseason, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it may have taken him some time to recover from that too. But uh, I remember us just saying like, yeah, Okafor, like he's just not the same player. He's coming back from his Achilles. He had the ankle injury. And so I just kind of assumed we were going to have a year – of Okafor kind of being like Paul Kruger, right? Where he was just like, it was just obvious that like he declined and he's not the same player. Well, like the list really kind of around the time Davenport went down, I feel like Okafor ascended to like last year's Okafor before the injury. And, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of a, and you know, part of it is how good Rankins is playing and how good Jordan's playing. I mean, that opens up uh, some opportunities for him, but um, I mean, and that's a big reason why this defensive line is so dominant. And, um, you know, if Davenport now, if he's healthy and they can kind of mix and match depending on down and distance, uh, they've got three defensive ends that are playing at a really high level for them right now. I mean, is Sheldon Rank, is he going to get to 10 sacks and be the first thing to defensive tackle to get there since Glover? Like, he might, he might, you I know, mean, uh, you know, the thing is, I think teams are going to become so weary of him that it it might create more stacks for Jordan, you know. But man, it's just it's just a different level when you have a defensive tackle like that because I feel like with an edge edge guy, like if they're super fast off the edge, um, even a guy like Cam Jordan, you can somewhat mitigate that by stepping up into the pocket, mm-hmm. you know. Like if you feel the pressure coming, you can step, but like. If you don't have a quarterback that can escape, like roll out, I mean, like if he doesn't have speed to get to the sideline and they start getting pressure right in front of their face, like they're they're fucked. And so, like, unless you have, like, Lamar Jackson or, you know, a, a Mariota-type quarterback, I mean, I, I just – Dak Prescott, I mean, he has some escapability, but I just think most quarterbacks in the league, most guys you face, like, it, it's just devastating when you have an interior pressure guy that's just constantly getting in your face. Well, and, and, it, and I, yeah. I, I, that's why, like, you know, all things being equal, like if you told me I could have you know, Aaron Donald or, or Khalil Mack, I would pick Aaron Donald every single day. Well, here's the thing, because even if even if you're like Dak pressed up, right, and if, if, if Rankin gets internal pressure and, 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 and Dak has to roll out, like he can escape, but the play is destroyed. Because right. you know right. you can you can block Cam Jordan and, and and they can have let's see you know the the Saints do their 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 three concept where they have th- guys running on three different levels right so right. they have the play called well Breeze can just say okay I'm just gonna slide up a little bit and the play can work just like you drew it up dude if you got Rankins coming up the middle and blowing up your guard whatever play you had called. It's fucking done, and it's a yeah. fire drill. And it's a fire drill. And look, it might work out in your favor because you got Dak Prescott, and he may roll around, and he may find a dude. But your your play is basically destroyed. And if that happens on a regular basis, 
you ain't gonna make it because you can't you can't play you can't play street lock ball on seventy percent of your throws. It's just not gonna happen. And that's yeah. why then that's what makes Reagan like it's just it's just a revelation. Like I guess you know, and the thing is too, you know, I think now with the draft, we become so it's become such a big deal. And these players in college, they they they, they produce so quick, and and it's like you expect that and you demand it. And if you don't get it, you're like it's it's not he's not a good player. Man, when I was a kid, when a when I was a kid, teams were like you drafted a wide receiver or you drafted a D lineman. It ain't happened until year three, and that was yep. how it was with like Wayne Martin, and that was with the, how it was with other receivers, Cam and Jordan. Cam Jordan, and and it's still like it can still be that same process, and it's fine, and that's just what happened with Rankins. Like he was really good, but it took till year three for him to go boom. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. So, you know, I think part of it's just time in the weight room. You just gotta get. It's not that. It's not that Rankins can never do it. Um, he had to get stronger, you know, and he had to get like on an NFL regimen and get more power. Um, and then, you know, the technique and, and the quickness were always there. And it's just, you know, the, it's just the power and the endurance of being able to last for four quarters in terms of just the wear and tear that you take over the course of a game. I just being a defensive tackle at Louisville just doesn't prepare you for that. So yeah. it just takes time. But, you know, I, I think physically he, he's at a point now where he's been healthy and, um, you know, he, the first couple of years, too, Rankins, you know, I think had some injuries. He had the broken leg, and then last year he's banged up. And there's little stuff that I think slows your development a little bit. But, uh, you know, if you get a lot of time in the weight room, you develop your power, you develop your endurance, and then you start to get a stretch where you're healthy, um, then you're starting to see kind of these, the reasons that they drafted him in the first place, this, this, the potential stuff kind of come into light. Um, and now – He's a pro bowler. He's a pro bowl type player. So that's great to see. But yeah, to me, I think if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you look at Demarcus Lawrence, you look at your defense, you look at your balanced defense, you've got to be thinking, let's attack uh, Jermon Bushrod. And if you look at the Saints, if you look at the Saints, you know, Tyron Smith has been out. I don't know if he's going to play in this game. It looks like he's not practicing. But like, uh, same thing. I think Okafor and Davenport have to murder the left tackle for the Cowboys. So <laughs> this is an interesting kind of dichotomy between two teams because I think they're missing a superstar left tackle. You've got defenses with that play well on that side. So um, that that's the X factor for me, like which left tackle, if, if, if we're dealing with two backups, one backup for each team, which one holds up better against the certain test? Yeah, and here, here's the final thing before we get to predictions or changes on that. You know, I want to talk a little bit about Teddy Bridgewater in that look. The Saints traded for him. It was a huge deal in the, it was right before the season starts, and he's been sort of quiet. You know, obviously it's great because Breeze is playing and it's going to be MVP and all that. But Teddy Bridgewater, I see those pictures of him in the locker room. That dude looks so happy. And I saw, I, mean, I don't know if people subscribe to The Athletic or whatever, but they had an article about him where Saints players are like, that dude is really good, and he should be starting for an NFL team. We see it every day in practice. So clearly he's having a good time, and the Saints the Saints players are starting to see that he's really good. I mean, with, with the Jaguars hitting eject on Bortles, I just don't know where he's going to be staying with the Saints. But have you, have you sort of changed your opinion on – whether Teddy Bridgewater stays or goes, I sort of mean to maybe he might stay because he's, he's apparently liked well, it so much. I mean, the, the thing that gives me pause is Zach Streif 
you know, basically telling us that, yeah, I mean, he disagreed when we said it's going to be one quarterback for the Saints next year, either Breeze or Bridgewater. Uh, I I still feel that way, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I could be wrong about this. And, you know, I, what Streif says carries a lot of weight because I don't know if he's speaking just a personal opinion or if he knows something. Um, but either way, if it's personal opinion, I, I value it a lot. And if he knows something, then obviously that's even more tangible. But I still just look at this as, I mean, you just got to think about this logically. You've got a guy on a one-year deal. You know, you've got a guy that's fully recovered now from his injury, uh, and he, he's good enough to start for at least 10 or 12 teams in the league. And I just think unless Breeze is not coming back next year, if I'm Bridgewater, like I'm about to be a free agent, there's just no way I'm not – testing the market so and you know I, and the Saints aren't going to be able to pay him with some team that wants him as their starting quarterback would yeah so and it depends where it depends I think for him it depends where though like if Jacksonville they, they've benched portals right if Jacksonville wants him that's a really good landing spot if the Giants would want him and Eli would retire you got Odell Beckham you got Saquon Barkley you got the New York market like that's a really good landing spot but if like, I mean, I also just think teams will look at it as he's had another year for his leg to heal, mm-hmm. and he bought, and during that time he's been studying behind Drew Brees, who is playing at an MVP level and might win the Super Bowl this year. So, like, teams will find that valuable. Yeah, and the thing is, people are arguing with me on Twitter. They're like, "Hey, do you either wait two years to get the keys to the Lamborghini, or do you take the the Toyota Camry right now?" I'm like. Who says it's too? Who says who says Drew Brees is done after next year? Like you think that maybe he, you know, he wants to spend time with family. But what if he's good again next year? Like I mean, if he's for, the MVP right now. Like how can how can we put an end date? You know, yeah. like, uh, if, he, if he's the reigning MVP. I mean, we'll see. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to hand it to him before it's done. But like, let's say he's the reigning MVP. I mean, I think Brees would seriously consider. Retiring, if he's the MVP and wins the Super Bowl, like, I mean, what better way to go out? So I, I could see him calling it a day. But let's say he doesn't and he wants to keep playing. Like, how could you say, like, no, we, we're we going to go with Bridgewater? <laughs> yeah, and the thing yeah. is, you don't know, you know, Breeze could, he says he wants to play till 45. He very well might. And if you're, and the thing is, with the people, for, I think they, they underestimate Bridgewater. If Bridgewater stays next year, that'll be four years where he hasn't played and I know he's I know he's only twenty seven or whatever, but that's a long time to not play football. Yeah. And these guys, they're athletes. They oh, he, you only get one chance to be an NFL quarterback and I don't know that he wants to do that. But that's an interesting topic. It'll be a topic off season topic we'll we'll probably yeah, for sure. ha- rehash it over and over again. But any changes on this game that you anything changed about your Monday pick from now that it's game day? Anything, anything, any change in thought at all? Um, no, I, I still feel the same way. I, I just think the Saints are too solid. I, I think the Cowboys will give them a good game. and uh, you know, I think it might be a little close early, but the defense is just too confident and playing at too high of a level, you know, and I just think the Saints are so balanced. Like, the kicking game is, I mean, Will Lutz has missed, what, one kick all year, and Morstead doesn't even punt, but he's one of the best. So, like, Kicking game is great. Defense is playing as best, as good as it has all season. Offense is one of the best in the league. Are the Saints number one in points right now per game? 
Yes, scoring. The number yeah. one scoring offense. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just I, I just think, like, you know, no matter what you throw at them right now, they're just too balanced. They're too good. So mm-hmm. I, I still think it's like a 31 to 20 type game. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't see. I, I see one pathway for Dallas to win. They have to run the ball. The Saints sort of have to throw up, not all over themselves like Cleveland, but like they'd at least have to have like one or yeah. two turn turnovers. But if they, have to, like if they do that, see the thing is, Ralph. Like if the Saints do that, like anybody can beat them. Like it's yeah. the NFL. Like they could lose to anyone on any given Sunday if they play like shit. But. I, when I look at the Cowboys, like, that's great that they're on a little bit of a run and Amari Cooper's helped their offense. That, that, that's great. But, like, they're a six and five team. And they, yeah. they did just run off a, a few wins in a row against mediocre teams. I mean, Washington was missing Alex Smith and we, the Eagles just lost to the Saints 48 to seven. So, like, that's great that they beat mm-hmm. those teams. But, like, the Saints crushed those teams, annihilated them. So, yeah, I just feel like the Saints are just. I just I have this feeling, and I've been saying it for a couple of weeks, and I haven't. I just feel like the Saints are just due for one of those performances. Not that they lose, but that they're just not this killing machine, and it'll just yeah. be kind of like clunky, and they're bad on third down, and it's just like it's not that they're not that Dallas is going to whip them, but you're just like in the third quarter, and you're like, this isn't what this isn't this fun. 45 point killing machine that we're used to. And I just feel like they're due for like one of those games, but yeah. they keep proving me wrong every week and they just keep throwing the hammer down. So, um, so we'll I just, see. I just, I just, so like, you know, what's interesting is, you know, when the Rams get in a tight game or a clutch playoff game, like I still have questions about is Jared Goff, you know, ready? Is he ready to win when, mm-hmm. you know, or is he ready to come back on a team when all the chips are down? Um, with Breeze, like, he has so much experience that, like, I don't really worry about the Saints not playing in close games. Like, they don't really need to get battle-tested. And uh, if they do, like, I'm confident that they can win the close games, too. I, I want a close game because it's, it's fun. I mean, yeah. the, the blowouts are fun, too. But I want I want a close game, like, but next week, I want, a, I want the Saints to throttle Dallas and kill all their dreams, and I want people to – to, I want to watch first take on Friday, and I want Stephen A. Smith to be so happy because the Cowboys are proven once again to be a fraud. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also I, I think you know this, this is a good chance for Breeze to cement his yep. MVP on a in front of a national audience. Yep. He got yeah, I, 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 another thing to keep in mind is Saints have had a week rest. The Cowboys are playing on a short week. Well, no, so. the Cowboys the Cowboys played Thursday Thursday too. So oh, that's right, that's right. You're yeah. Right. I'm so, sorry. so they both right. they both have the week. But one yeah. last thing, and then we'll get out of here. You know, and, and it seems like a small thing, but the Saints players know that if they win Thursday, Sean Payton probably gives them an extra day, so they get an extra long break, right? Yeah. But if yeah. they lose, if they like he'll if they win, he'll probably say come in Tuesday or whatever. But if they right. lose, they might have to come in Monday. So they know that like, hey, we win. We get an extra you day, get like a holiday, yeah. Yeah, so they, like you have guys probably like have planned Vegas trips and different things for like the extended time off because it's like a mini buy. And I know you're probably like players don't care about that, dude. Players care about that. Oh, I mean, think about think, think about you and your real life. My company, when we get when we hit our sales goal and we get off half day Fridays, we celebrate like it's fucking Christmas, you know? Yeah. So yeah. like it's a, so it's a huge deal and it's a little bitty thing, but. 
I think that that matters, and I think the Saints will win. But anyway, patience, you paid for it, you got it. It's the game day preview. Uh, thanks for donating, and we'll see you after this.